0: Six Pack out I want to give a quick shout out to our partners, the strength guys in this app that we have. It can be found at positionsofpower.programs with an S dot app. And the strength guys who coach people like Taylor Atwood, have you heard of him? He's pretty good. Uh, they've had several world champions Several national champions. And uh, I mean a laundry list of records. National records. World records have been broken. Etc. But they have an app. With their elite level programming. Available video tutorials. Uh, I mean the whole nine. It's one stop shop. Once you're in here. There's a discord where they're doing video review of your lifts. um, To get all your lifts analyzed. So you get elite. Level programming and coaching for twenty nine ninety nine US a month. Positions of Power dot programs dot app. Go there and get yourself started. Um, so we were just talking about podcasts. we were just talking about um, how you just won the world championships. And uh, I was asking if you were asked to go on podcasts and I was just saying how podcasts nowadays are like when I first started in 2016, it was like me and Mark Bell, right? And uh, since then it, it feels like, like I've seen so many podcasts come and go, um, not just powerlifting, but period. And the toughest thing is when you're trying to like get it going, Cause it's, it's, it's like every week you got to put out some content or, you, or else you start losing people. Um, so you got to do at least once a week, probably twice a week And it. And then you have to like post up and try to build this thing. And if you start doing this for some months and you can see the downloads and views and whatnot, and if that, those numbers never really grow past the initial bloop, it becomes like, fuck, I don't know why I'm doing this. So right. after a while, <laughs> after a while, like, ah, so some people are like, ah, you know what? Like it just kind of peters off or sometimes it's, I don't, it, it's difficult. I don't know what builds a podcast, like what makes it happen.
1: I don't know. I feel like, yeah, you have to have constant con- content. It's a ton of work to create said content and it yeah. has to be relevant to what people want to hear. And you don't necessarily know what that is because there isn't a rule book like how to make podcasts. This is what people care about. So I yeah. can imagine it's so difficult.
0: And, and even like, um, you know, even, even if you are you are to say, okay, I'm going to do powerlifting. Cool. But like, how is it going to be structured? Is it like question answered? Do you have segments? Do you have like, um, you know, it, it's different ways of doing it where it becomes like, it's, it's, it gets difficult, man, where, uh, I just noticed my freaking hand. There it is. I have one of those. <laughs> I had a filter that blacks out your background. It'll look like my hand was like in a, in a flag on one of those mafia informant, uh, <laughs> <where it's, laughs> blurs the face. But, um, <laughs> Um, yeah. How you structure podcasts, what people are into and whatnot, and trying to like, you got to constantly try to get people onto your podcast. Like you got to mm-hmm. constantly try to get like the biggest stars and people on there. And, um, sometimes like that can be difficult. It's, some people will get asked a lot. And if they don't necessarily know you, they don't know where you're coming from. You're not sure. You're like, I don't know, man. You, what, I don't know what you're looking exactly. for. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Especially yeah. with so many podcasts. Like the one I was mentioning, it's like, what is your intent behind this?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it might not sure. be yeah, you don't, you don't freaking know. You have no <laughs> idea. Um, yeah, exactly. That's why, at least with a, you know, I'm fortunate enough, like with King of Lifts, like the following's big, um, and people know King of Lifts, but then um, so when I put out a podcast, I can advertise it on on the biggest platform there is out there. So then it becomes, oh hey, there we go. It makes it a lot easier to get people to listen. But um, yeah, I mean, so you were just talking about coming off of the world championships. And you're kind of reclimatizing yourself and just kind of getting back into it with, with the weights and whatnot because you got time. Like Canadian nationals aren't until worlds. Um, but let's back it up a stitch to leading into the world championships because uh, we, it's weird because this world championships was like none other. Coming out of COVID, people certain people in Canada hadn't had a nationals in two years or a year and a half or whatever. Um, Sweden didn't have one for two years. There were some people that were surprises because their totals were over two years old on the nomination. So it's like, didn't expect this person to step up like they did. Um, People had had a big competition in a while. And then, oh, by the way, add on the USAPL drama where USAPL was suspended. They obviously had some stars show up. 84 uh, plus, we did not. So then it becomes like, there's so much going into this you know, and I want to get your feedback leading into this. Like, like it's an emotional roller coaster ride. And there's a lot of moving pieces, you know? So what were your thoughts leading into us? If, if initially did it feel different when you're training for it, even before you found out USAPL being suspended?
1: Um, it didn't necessarily feel any different training for it because I know at the end of the day, all I can do is show up and do what I can do. Um, I, didn't really let the USAPL thing impact my training or my motivation anyway at all. I think, honestly, what drove my training the most was just having a meet to look forward to. It could have been any meet. It could have been a local meet. But I was like, finally, I get a step back on the platform. So that obviously kicks your training up a couple of notches. Um, I wouldn't say that I trained any differently than I would have. Um, worked on pushing a couple of my lifts, trying to squeeze out a few more kilos, which some were there, some weren't. Uh, But normal, just a normal training cycle, every needs the
0: same in my eyes, right? That must help for pressure. Um, I remember when we were doing the um, intro, like the podcast to this and doing predictions and we were noticing you had, your body weight has come down like to the tune of like around 10 kilos, which is a substantial cut. And usually people's strength might drop but we hadn't (laughs) seen, nobody had competed. This is where like this year was tough to tell where people are at. So we were like, Brittany's smashing some weights in the gym. It's hard to tell a lifts, right? But we're like, yeah. she's got variation lifts. You do a lot of variation. So I'm like, she looks strong, a considerable body weight drop though. So what will happen in terms of the strength and whatnot, we weren't sure. Was this something that you decided you were going to do yourself? You're like, I'm cutting down. And then did you notice like initially a strength drop or how was that?
1: Uh, yeah. So it was a conscious decision that I made for overall health because when I started powerlifting, I weighed about what I do now. Um, but then I like grew into my weight class when I realized I would never be an 84, but then I just realized that wasn't where my body felt comfortable. That's not where I wanted to be. So I realized I had to do a cut. So I did a cut. I cut from like 287 pounds down to like 225, 230. Holy
0: shit. Good for you.
1: Yeah, actually monumental.
0: (laughs) That is. Listen, I don't want to go past that too quickly. Sixty pounds. That is fucking huge. Oh wow!
1: So obviously, my total took a hit. My best total. I weighed two hundred and eighty-seven pounds. It was in two thousand eighteen, and my total is six ten. So I've just been like trying to claw my way back up to that total, which I was hoping to PR at Worlds, but I will for sure at Nationals. I totaled 607.5. So if I would have hit my third bench, could have, should have, woulda, I would have finally <laughs> PR'd that total, which has been a goal. And I don't know. Obviously, it takes a huge hit, and it's it was pretty demoralizing at first watching that strength deteriorate because I was getting close to 600 pound squat. I uh, never quite made it, but we'll just build from here, right?
0: <laughs> I mean, to think of the the weight you're shifting at that body weight, like you said, like when you decided to make the cut. First off, was it just like a uh, like? Did you add cardio? Were you like slashing calories? I've done like I've done the same deal where I went into powerlifting around the body weight I'm at now. Gained right. weight, strength went up, and then I'm like, you know what? I'm not. I don't. I don't think I want to chill here too long. So I cut back down. Same thing. I, I was like, the strength went down initially and you're yeah. like, Holy smokes. This is like, like you said, demoralizing. I'm like, I look better, feel better like that. But in tr- like, we're in a strength sport. So like, okay. lifestyle's better. But like, does this, what does this mean? Does this mean I'm not who I, who I was before? Like, it, it's weird. And, um, the strength does come back, but like, how did you, how did you get down losing 60 pounds?
1: Uh, it was just macro manipulation. I worked with both a dietitian and a nutritionist over a couple year period. Uh slow and steady, tried to maintain as much strength as I could, kept protein high. Carbs are obviously still relatively high with training like that. Uh, just kind of altered things as we went, responded, saw what my body responded to and just kind of went with that path. Um, still eating like a good solid 2000 plus calories a day, just taking it easy, finally made that goal. And now is trying to just maintain and build up from here. Strength wise.
0: <laughs> did you do um, reverse dieting at all?
1: Have I did at tried- some point. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Yeah. So, yeah,
0: cause Lane Norton, he's been on the podcast a couple of times and he's like, Mr. Reverse diet, really ready. Right? And um, I, I did reverse dieting. And how did you find it?
1: Um, I didn't believe in it at first. I was like, this doesn't make any sense, but my body actually responded really well to it is like the, the cut and then you were just like eating what felt like copious amounts of food and you were like okay my body is like actually still responding to this so I, it was a nice in, like a break kind of in the middle of just instead of like constant cut cut cut
0: <laughs> right and for those listening that don't know so you would cut um a certain amount of like cal- you slash your calories your body weight goes down then you start reversing the calories back a little bit slowly though you could do it like small increments where um and build your your calorie intake back up but your body weight doesn't go up and then because you're and you can get your metabolism to start moving and then you cut again and it's like a up down a little bit it's um so you don't end up like going like if you have to drop 60 pounds you can't drop like too many calories otherwise you just hit the floor you could crash your system if you're not eating enough it's tough. It takes the harder, it takes time. Like how much time did it take you to do it?
1: Um, I think it was about a year and a half, which I mean, if you went balls to the walls, you could probably drop that weight in you know, less than a year easy, but is it a sustainable thing? Probably not. And muscle mass maintenance was my main goal throughout the yeah. process.
0: And that's what nobody wants to hear, huh? Is like, yes. no, how long <laughs> is this going to take me? You could probably do it like, like crazy three months or if you want to do for real, like you don't want some yo-yo shit, it'll take yeah. you like the next year and a half, two years, and nobody wants to hear that. Two years, like nobody exactly. wants to hear that shit. Like the
1: time is going to pass anyway, though, so why not do something that's actually more beneficial for your body in the time?
0: Right, and then um, so you take the you take the weight off, you're down, you feel good, and um, and now you start do doing. Do I feel that. good? Well, do you feel? I don't know yeah. yeah. Well. <laughs> How did like, you well, find my
1: numbers are garbage?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, how about it when you were at the very bottom of it and you'd reached like a body weight goal, but you're like, but Am I still a competitive power lifter? Like, what, yeah. what is happening?
1: Well, it's honestly so weird throughout the entire thing. The only thing, the only lift that took a hit was my squat. Like my bench and my deadlifts continue going up throughout the entire thing. So wow. it was hard to complain, but my squat took such a monumental hit where I was going from squatting almost 600 pounds, like I've done it out of competition, to I was so excited when I squatted 500 pounds in the meat. I was like, yes, <laughs> but that's a huge loss. <laughs> It is
0: weird, right? You're like, thank God, 500. When well, yeah. you were just knocking on the door, six. That's gotta be so you must have made up for it. Was it in the deadlifts then that you're because you have a monster deadlift now?
1: Yeah, I guess so. I'm like, when did this happen? Because yeah. <laughs> I went from like pretty consistently pulling between 500 and 512 pounds for my third deadlift in every competition for like a year and a half, back before I like had a real powerlifting coach. And then yeah, I guess um. My coach uh, helped me figure that that lift out right quick.
0: <laughs> so, who is your coach?
1: Kimberly Walford.
0: Kimberly Walford. So, how did you like, end I up
1: make you a dead deadlift? deadlift. Would she be
0: the one though? Huh? She yeah, right? she knows a thing or two about deadlifting. Um, because because I was I was I've been talking to you when we were in Sweden and you're saying you and Kimberly are tight. How did you guys end up meeting
1: up? Uh, So we actually met on a outreach trip in Zimbabwe. We went for the live for life outreach trip in the summer of 2018 uh we spent i spent two weeks in zimbabwe kimberly only spent one but we just kind of started chatting a lot there when we were working with the youth and just in between and at night and you know sitting there over meals and we were like oh shit like this is gonna work so we became super close friends and then I had to fire my powerlifting coach at the time, like eight weeks out from provincials. So I just messaged her on a whim, like, yo, you can say no, but like, I just need somebody to help me out for these eight weeks and then I'll figure it out. But we had a really rock solid eight weeks together. So just kept sending it.
0: <laughs> was this around at the bottom of your, your weight cut too?
1: Yeah, it was pretty close to the bottom of it.
0: So you were probably like, look it, we only got eight weeks and I feel like shit.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was when I was super excited about my five hundred pound squat. We did eight <laughs> weeks together and I pulled it off and I was like, this is it. <laughs> yeah,
0: I can feel it coming back. Yeah. Um that was pretty cool. I think I had um Nicola yep. for, on the podcast who she's running it, right?
1: Yeah, Nicola, don't even try to say her last name. You know yeah. what I hesitated, <laughs> didn't I? I,
0: I freaking knew it a second I could I used to I had I was had it down before, but um and they do What do they do over there? Like, uh, talk about that for a second, because it's super interesting.
1: Yeah, they do a lot of fundraising here where they create gyms over in Zimbabwe. So they hire local people to create, you know, competition standard plates and racks and bars. And um, it's just a powerlifting community there to try to help the youth have a more productive thing to do with free time and, you know, goals to aspire to to help them stay out of trouble and gangs and child marriages, which is a huge problem over
0: there. Hmm. Cause I've seen pictures. Um, and it's, it's crazy. It's, it's like, it's like you would expect from Zimbabwe, like the pictures of the cities and, and the villages and towns and whatnot. And then there it is. You see like these powerlifting stars that we know from the IPF over there with a barbell showing these kids for, from Zimbabwe, like how to squat, how to bench press, and they're like taking it in. It's like, it's almost surreal, man. It's like, I don't yeah. know. It's like straight up a commercial. And you're like, how did probably It's I'm actually incredible
1: though. Just like the resources that they find to use in their training and their dedication. Because like here, we're so spoiled. You can walk to your local gym and have a really decent setup. Whereas they, if they can get to a local gym, they have, you know, subpar weights and they make the best of it and they train. And we've had them compete at the Arnold before. Some of oh. the lifters from over there so like i don't know just giving giving people an opportunity to feel the family that our sport has created i think is really important
0: it's pretty cool too um you know when you show up to a place like that and they're like oh this is a powerlifting champion and you get to like impact them for real with like something like powerlifting it is literally empowering you know when Me. you sh- show somebody and there were like little girls out there too from Zimbabwe, yeah. whom. Never would have thought something like this, like, let me get stronger. And now you have like a generation of young girls lifting weights, like kids, man, who are going to grow up to be like these strong women. Um, and that's like, you know, that wouldn't have been brought there before. Like, it's cool sure. to be able to impact like that.
1: Yeah, it was definitely one of the best experiences I've had in my life. I signed up when I was not in the best mental state and I was like, whatever, like if they email, they email and then I got the email saying I had been selected. And I was like, ah, oh, whatever. And then the six months passed. And as I got there, I was like, what the hell did I sign up for? <laughs> so I like got on this plane to fly around the world. I was like, well, I guess it's too late now. Let's go. And I'm so glad I did it.
0: It would be like, yeah, you would know what you signed up for. You would be like, how do, what are we doing? We're, yeah. we're, <laughs> you know, you would you be like, look at that. We're doing good. That's all that matters. But when you get there, you're like, what are we, what are we doing here again? And yeah. you're just like, you're teaching people how to power lift. You know, you're like spreading the gospel. Yeah,
1: definitely bizarre. And I mean, there are al- already like the language barriers for a lot of the younger kids that don't speak any English, but you're just trying to show them. Uh, they're all so eager to learn. And everybody is just like so in love with the fact that you're there. And they're so excited to welcome us into their communities. It was an incredible
0: experience. It, what was their impression when they see you shifting a little bit of weight?
1: Um, I didn't lift much there. I just showed oh, them.
0: Oh, you're modest. Um, you should have one things day things. where you're like, fucking watch this. you well, like, load them up, was, kids.
1: Like, a bunch of the, the guys, they kept coming up to me and asking if they could touch my calves. Because <laughs> I have pretty monumental calves, but they didn't believe that they were real. They what? were like, I've never seen calves like this so that was my big flex
0: that was your biggest flex is you were short oh god every fucking day was short yeah oh, damn. that's a problem i got with small calves too man i feel them but uh <laughs> yeah I, I did did anybody hit some big lifts over there or no
1: um from us not not particularly it wasn't our goal there we lifted with them in the meetups that- that we hosted for them. Um they wanted me to hit a squat, but I didn't end up doing it. Some other girl did because I was refereeing. Um but yeah, for every like three lifters they had one of our team members would do a lift, squat bench, deadlift, and we just kind of cycled through who would take turns because it was bringing everybody together as a community. So we don't want to just like put them on the stage and be like, go do this. So we did it with them.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um that's actually kind of cool too how you guys had like a team like a, like an all-star team where it's like, all right, you're our, you're a dead You're a bench presser and just yeah. <laughs> sh- shuffle them out there and smash them weights and put on the show. Um, so you met Kimberly Walford and she's obviously a good person to have going into these world championships as well in terms mm-hmm. of somebody like how, how key is it to have somebody like Kimberly Walford, who's, I believe, a seven time IPF world champion, a seven time USAPL champion in one of those years um you know we had told the story we've had her on the podcast a few times but she talked about how she had missed one of like a year where she was heavily favored to win um with all due respect to the lady who won Ivana horna but like you know it's kimberly walford um but uh like you know she's got seven she's got seven world titles so she knows a thing or two about um you know winning world titles and competing at world championships how key is it to have someone like that in your corner
1: I think it's super important because going into my first world in 2019, I didn't have a real powerlifting coach. He was just some guy at the gym that was coaching me and pretended he knew what he was doing. Uh, I felt super, super unprepared and obviously was. Um, almost bombed out my first world, almost being the key word. Um, so this year, I felt significantly more prepared and Especially having somebody that I'm super close with, she knows what goes on in my head and she's able to talk me out of my head and calm me back down and, you know, make it just like the little reminders. Like, this is no, quote unquote, no different than training in your basement. Like, okay. So I think just having that sense of calmness and confidence and reassurance around me was really beneficial.
0: It is true. Like, in a way, like gravity is gravity. Like, like the gravity here is the gravity there. The weight is the weight um it's those yep. other intangibles that creep in like travel <laughs> and the whole nine travels yeah. big pressure can be big you know yeah. um hearing your name on like did you pay attention to the preview podcast there's because there's more than just King Lifts. there's a lot of them like especially when the ipf Worlds. and we, we we talked about earlier about how many powerlifting podcasts there is and i'm sure every single one of them damn near are going to be previewing the ipf worlds so did you like avoid certain things or did you avoid certain hype and pit predictions or?
1: Um, no, I found it kind of impossible. Like people were just tagging me left and right in their predictions and your little fantasy league didn't help that <laughs> at all. But um, no, true. I listened to the King of the List one. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> that um, that's right uh but I, I didn't really let it get in my head like anybody that was like oh like Brittany isn't my favorite I was just like well time to prove them wrong yeah. um which is funny because I'm not a cocky person by any means at all um quite the opposite but I just didn't really let it get in my head and knew I had done everything I could to prepare and I trained hard throughout COVID like I was lucky enough that I had trained from my basement so I was able to keep training so it's like, all I can do is show up and hit numbers and whatever's there on the day is there. And who knows what my competition's been doing, right?
0: Right. And did you feel like this training camp, was there any issues in terms of like injuries or anything like that pop up?
1: Knock on wood, I have never been injured. So nothing, <sighs> nothing major, like definitely had a, a couple weeks where I was like, ah, oh, feeling the fatigue, we'll scale back, scale back. But that's pretty typical for me.
0: Yeah, when I so that's the thing though. Like, if it's like worlds, if I feel some t- fatigue and start scaling back, that fucks with me. Like yeah. that, that, like, oh man. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. You it, it's not realistic, obviously, to every week it's a little heavier, right up to worlds, and it's the heavy years. Right. That's not how in it goes. In real.
1: world. <laughs>
0: that's perfect. But it doesn't happen like that. But sometimes when you start scaling back, you start thinking like Oh my God! Did I push too hard? Did I leave my best in the gym? Have I peaked in the gym? Oh no! Like you start getting worried about things,
1: right? Yeah, I definitely find it easy to get in your head. Sorry, one second. My dog's about to be an asshole.
0: <laughs> no worries. Pancake, no come here. worries.
1: Come here, Bubba. You go.
0: What kind of dog you got?
1: Uh, he's a bull mastiff
0: mix. Holy shit! Is he a yeah, big boy? He's
1: convinced it's dinner time. Yeah, he's one hundred and ten pounds, so he just oh. came over to the table to yell at
0: me. <laughs> yeah, you could see he he came over with some attitude.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. he's so <laughs> sassy, and he he's... takes dinner time very seriously. Well, so. I bet you one
0: hundred and ten pound bullmastiff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. You you're like excuse me. It's weird how they are. All, they have an internal clock where they can wake you up. They know exactly when when dinner comes around at.
1: Oh, 100%. And usually about 30 minutes before he starts giving the attitude and heavy sighs, Like, did you forget?
0: <laughs> I love it when they give heavy sides. They calm, <laughs> calm right down. Okay, yeah. you, well, we're on pace. Everything's fine. That's the biggest <laughs> thing they got to worry about. Um, did you, leading into Worlds 2, did you notice? So here's the big thing. What we thought on the surface was going to be uh, the French lady, Emily. Let me take a look at this. I'm gonna get her last name right. Is it uh, Emily Mergier? Do you know how to pronounce the last name? Is that it?
1: No, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> that
0: sounds like it's right to me. Um, but Mergier, I believe, and um, she it was super tight in terms of your projected totals, but it yeah. it was but she was slightly ahead. Um, yeah. What were your and then obviously the Swedish lady Emily Leach from sweden her total was old like old from 2019 and mm. i know on king of lifts our podcast somewhat overlooked past or not realizing because her total was quite a bit behind but then a lot can happen in two years i don't gotta tell you well, what was sure. your impression? <laughs> yeah like you never know what was your impression leading into this in terms of you know obviously like you were saying you were confident and you're like any people who are picking against you like I, I got i'm gonna prove you guys wrong so you felt confident, but did you think this is going to be a dogfight? fight?
1: Uh, yeah, I was expecting it to be super close down to the last deadlift for sure. Um, but I just had to, you know, trust myself, trust the process, and trust my coaches because I knew they would do the best they could for me and pull every single kilo I had out of me that day and whoever had the best total wins. And I prefer it like that. I would rather be neck and neck and neck. I prefer a three-way tie just because it means everybody had – you know whatever day they had, and it was close, and it came down to who took it all. That's right. Um,
0: so when you landed in Sweden, it was pretty cool. Le- showing up at the Alico headquarters, um, the hotel was a blast with all, of the, all the different <laughs> lifters there. Holy smokes! You're I lost
1: recovery <laughs> dog.
0: I lost doggy. I lost like five years of my life that that just two weeks. But it was well worth it. Um, yeah, it was a blast. Um, the illegal headquarters was crazy. Did you did you have much time to like check out any of the sessions or just like soak it up a little bit beforehand, or is that difficult?
1: Um, I find it difficult. I stay out of the venue when it comes to world. Um on smaller scale, like provincials or nationals here. I volunteer leading up to my session because I find that come that point point, I've seen this building all day, whatever, it's fine. But when it comes to Worlds, I try to stay out of the venue as much as possible. I did hit one training session at Alico, and I wasn't staying at the meat hotel because I know people ask questions that I'm not prepared to answer leading into competition. So I protect my mental health first and then come in the day of and deal with that one day instead of a whole week.
0: And this is, this is it, like... Um you know, protecting, like you said, like protect your mental health going in there, the freaking pressure and stress can be big. It means a lot to you. Like it means a lot to everybody. And it's, and then when you're at the world championships, you're not just lifting for yourself, but you were lifting for Canada. Like we talked about it on the podcast where it's like, um, you know, we could, especially with the women's and the men's, like we could grab some titles, who knows what might happen for team Canada. And then you know, Canadians are watching period. you everyone's home nation, whatever nation you're from, you know, the Swede came in at silver. She's in her home nation. You know, yeah. she had people in the audience, people are watching it's on the Olympic channel and people are watching and, and, you know, so there, there is pressure. Um, and I can, you know, I could feel it. I wasn't even lifting. I was just commentating. I was like, Holy smokes. Um, so I know what you mean in terms of like protecting, you know, not getting too much, too anxious about it. Um mm-hmm. But, you know, it's interesting that you would, you would like do spotting and loading leading into nationals. Did that help alleviate it? it would, Not spotting you lo-
1: and loading. I okay. just do like the table and okay. uh, just score table. No, no, no. Just but, but like, I was just like, holy there. shit, that's ballsy no, no. if
0: you did that. I was like, what the oh.
1: fuck? I did my like years worth of spotting and loading this past weekend, but no, I could never do that and then compete. I swear to God, spotting and loading. And yeah, hard that to is me.
0: crazy. I was gonna say, is that your warm up, or you must have no. been calm? You must have been confident. Right? No, <laughs> no wonder
1: my uh, squat went down. Yeah.
0: Say, <laughs> so, hang on a second. Yeah.
1: No.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Well, that makes sense. But uh, but yeah, leading into world, so you avoided. Um, so you didn't get to take in too much of it. That's a, it's a shame, but also I totally get it at the same yeah. time. Cause you got to do business. Um, yeah. it's almost like, yeah, you know, it, you want to embrace the moment because when it's for gone, sure. it's gone, you know, but the problem is like, and you lift last. So you, yeah. <laughs> you have to avoid the whole thing pretty <clears throat> yeah. much. Did you have any interaction with some lifters ahead of time?
1: Yeah, for sure. Like, I would meet up with pals and stuff, and I went to the hotel lobby a few times and had dinner, drinks, whatever, with friends. Uh, got to catch up with a lot of my pals that I haven't seen in years, which is nice. But overall, just kind of laying low, hanging out, especially going in this year. I feel like there was a lot on the line, and that has a lot of people asking questions that I didn't want to answer.
0: What was, what <laughs> was the questions that you, that you did? Like, are you comfortable saying what the questions were now? Because it was so tight of a race, did you feel more pressure? Like, fuck, I'm like a favorite to win this thing.
1: Um, I tried not to let that get in my head at all, but just just people asking any questions. How's training going? been going? Like, oh, what are you hoping to hit? What are you expecting to hit? Well, who knows? We'll see what happens when I wake up and start warming up. You never know yeah. until the day of how your body's going to cooperate or not. Um, yeah. Just any kind of like digging questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know it's uh. I know exactly that. Like it's automatic. You show up, people see you, they know you're going to lift. How you feeling? And you tell, you could tell like 20 people, 20 mm-hmm. different people, how are you feeling? And it starts like, it's nothing. Like at least they're asking, but it starts to be like, when people ask you to ask how you're feeling and you got to tell them like 20 times, you start like mentally checking how you're feeling. You're thinking about it too much. <laughs> you, you prefer to be I'm trying not to think about how I feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, to be honest, i feel a little nervous. To be honest, yeah, if like
1: be- there's something wrong, what are these yeah. things I'm not
0: seeing?
1: And like, I very much live in my head. I'm a prisoner of my brain. So I know I'll start overthinking things that people are asking questions. So just right. avoiding it anyway.
0: Um, day of. <laughs> How do you feel when it's time to grab, grab your duffel bag, full of your equipment, head on, on down to the venue, and, and it's, it's battle time? And you know it's a battle. This is not like walking in there. In the, the, it's in the back pocket. So you get to show up and show out. You yeah. know, like this, I, you could go from first or fourth. It was a tight race. How were you feeling that?
1: uh not too shabby the morning of surprisingly I think I was nervous just like general nerves but um nothing really hit I don't think until I started warming up um leading into I was just trying to stay calm think focused forward um you know just kind of I don't know visualize your list and you know know that you did all you could do It's it's all you can do is prepare ahead of time day of it's just the work you put in leading up to it
0: how how were, how did the warm-ups go?
1: Um, swimmingly terrible. <laughs> I failed my third squat warm-up, which had my coaches freaking out. Um, Kimberly was with me, so she kind of calmed them down. But as soon as I broke at the knee to take 180, I had a panic attack. So I failed my third squat warm-up, and my coaches were like, what the hell do we do now, like looking at each other? And she, Kimberly just like pointed at them. She's like, She's fine, just give it a second. I like took a breath, like tried to control my breathing, and then took the squat again, no problem. And I ended up going three for three in squats, but definitely not the way you envision your warm-up it's,
0: story. it's um yeah, you had told me the story in, in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um it, it's it's like it's because it's your first warm-up session, too. It's squats, yeah. so it's the it's the beginning, <laughs> you know. Um do you so you were saying you had a panic attack? For some people who don't understand, like a panic attack feels like, like how would you describe a panic attack?
1: So as soon as I unwrapped the bar, I started overthinking, which made me panic and my chest kind of tightened up. It felt like my lungs were being squeezed and I couldn't take breaths. Uh, I was breathing, but they felt really shallow and I felt like I couldn't get oxygen. And I was like, it's fine. I'll just finish the squat and deal with it. But you know, my body had other, other plans for me. (laughs) So I just kind of, my coach just caught me. Thank God, which, I wouldn't have been paying that much attention to my athlete. Like this is something she can do for pause squat fixes. Like, why would I, yeah. but they caught the weight, re it. People are kind of eyeing you up in the weight room. Like what the hell just happened? I was like, it's okay. So I just, you know, got out of my head, stared at Kimberly and just was like, okay, okay, this is fine. Just get out of it. So I was able to stop it before it was like full like heaving panic attack, but.
0: <laughs> it is, um, yeah like well first off team france and team sweden be like oh shit okay well yeah <laughs> you <Yeah. laughs>
1: like,
0: be, be like wow didn't see that coming all right but you yeah. know but you um, know
1: their coaches are watching you warm up oh. like oh how's she looking today what's that going <laughs> oh there she is, failing 180 cool
0: <laughs> yeah it's like well we might be all right um and, and like i've had someone describe everyone's i've had anxiety before like i haven't had it like um, habitually, but everybody has felt anxiety, obviously. Like if you're, mm. if you're alive, you're going to feel anxiety. And I think I had a panic attack once. And, um, I only, there was like a short period where I had a couple of them and, um, it's fucking wild because yeah. it's, it uh, it's, it's hard to, it's been a long time. So I, but it's really hard to explain. It's not a rational thought. So no. it's not like, um, you know, I, yeah, like people like calm down or whatever. It's like, yeah, I got you. Like everything's okay, got you. But that doesn't mean I don't know why this is. Ha- it's it's weird. It's it's yeah. like almost like a sensory overload, and it just happens out of nowhere. And then, um, and it's it's fucking it's it's, it's 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 anxiety is like the worst feeling in the world. Sometimes, sometimes it's okay. Sometimes it gives you like anxiety makes adrenaline happen, and it makes a fucking deer pick up its top speed by twenty k and outrun a predator and jump a fence. Right. It can jump two feet taller in fight or flight happens. And it's like, you know, same thing like you, in terms of strength, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. So anxiety isn't always the enemy. It can also be like heighten you when you're like, holy fuck, I'm on, you know, like I, I have the adrenaline through my body. Let's go. But there's also, it gets too much and then it becomes an anxiety attack, which not a lot of people have had, or if they have not habitually where it comes. Um often right. enough that it's so uh I've had it, I've had a couple in my life, but not like habitually. So I do know like fuck, that's it's a te- it's a terrible feeling.
1: Well, it's and- terrible. And my brain's literally like, it's fine, just breathe. I'm like, thanks, brain. That's really cool and all, but you're the one doing
0: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird thing to explain. And you said, Well, did having Kimberly there help ease it?
1: Yeah, because it was a familiar face, one of my best friends. So I felt more comfortable. Like I was able to stop it before I totally freaked out. Whereas if I had been with, you know, coaches that I'm not fully familiar with, which luckily I was familiar with all my coaches this year, but um, it definitely helps ground you. And she has dealt with me before with my, my mental health. So she knows what I need and how to handle that situation where I feel like a lot of people might not.
0: And are you used to it too? Like you've had panic attacks. Like this is something you're like, I know what's going on. Um, you're like, yeah,
1: (laughs) had one this morning. Did you really? Um, I did. It was great. (laughs) Um, no, it was actually really awful. Um, I haven't had them actually in quite a few years until the day I was supposed to leave for Sweden and they haven't stopped since. So I'm kind of back in one of those peak waves of having them, which is lovely.
0: Why, why do you think that is just just probably like the, is it like the stress of it or the like stress and excitement? It could be like, or just all of it.
1: I think it's just all of it in life too. Like everything, you know, when it rains, it pours, things yeah. happen in three. So there's always so much going on. And I thought like, oh, after Worlds, it'll be fine. It wasn't fine. So it's just one of those things until I can, you know, figure out what's triggering it and, you know, figure out ways to cope with it.
0: You kind is of have to ride them out. It is what it is. And, and the thing is, though, the fact that you were at the World Championships and that couldn't stop you. The fact that it kicked off your day, it wasn't even like you had um, positive momentum and you're like, uh, you know, it wasn't like you were winning and you're like, okay, well, I'm winning. I could calm down. Like you didn't know how the rest of the day was going to go and that shows like a whole nother level of like heart, you know, determination and like that. There is no such thing as, as courage. If there isn't fear. If, if some yeah. people who like walk in there and they're like robots, like I wasn't nervous. I wasn't nice. Well, good for you. I had a fucking panic attack. <laughs> but <laughs>
1: That's I, great. I envy you. But okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll just claw away from the bottom.
0: <laughs> but how much more relatable or inspiring is it when someone's like, when someone hears a story and they're like, I dealt with some shit. And like I was dealing with shit and like pulled myself together in the middle of that and fucking rallied and did what I did on that day. Like that right. is, that's some inspiring stuff for like anybody dealing with some, like, like panic attacks are tough because you don't know when they're going to come. When you're fly to the other side of the world with like literally, you know, thousands of people watching how I know like a lot of people in terms of the podcast, how many people hear the hype and all that, all that's surrounding it. And you go out there and then you start having them right then is when they start coming and for somebody to be like, like yourself to be like, that's not going to. So how the story ends though, like, fine. If that's, if this is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. I don't stop. Like I get the job done. And there's something about like, that's encouraging about somebody's willpower and your ability to talk about it and just say like, this happens, you know, it's it's okay.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I think it's really important because especially in powerlifting and strength sports, I feel like more people deal with mental illness than talk about. And it's way more common, I think. Uh, a lot of people that do struggle with mental illness turn to strength sports as an outlet, um, but it's not talked about nearly enough. So my my big thing is if one person can relate and, you know, feel some kind of comfort in that, then it's worth sharing. And it is a reality for so many people. So why why do we need to hide that, I guess?
0: A <laughs> 100%. And if you're, you know, when you're brave enough to talk about it, it's huge. Um, Mm -hmm. and I do feel like, like powerlifting is one of the sports where we have a good, like the women's side is well represented for sure. And, um, I feel like, like women are far more open about this thing and that Mm -hmm. helps as well. Like not like men do as well. Talk about it more and more anyways, like the current heavyweight champion of the world, Tyson Fury is super open about it. Um, and, and, uh, but in, but when it comes to game time in the ring, he's an absolute savage. He's got utmost heart. It doesn't make him weak. Like, like opposite. Like you don't want, you don't want to be in front of him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he's so, um, so he breaks that stigma and it's the same thing with an individual like yourself where it's like, that doesn't make you weak. I will, I will hit on the platform. And I, in our sport, you can't pass the ball. If you're having a bad day, it's yeah. the ball's always in your hands. You're always Michael Jordan in the fourth quarter, the ball's passed to you. It's only in your hands. You know what I mean? Where you're like, so for you to go in there and literally perform feats of strength, to, at, a, at a world championship level, it's like it—it it says a lot, man. It, it means a lot to a lot of people.
1: I mean, it's just like, what do you do at that point? Let it win or fight back? And you know, you've put in two years of COVID training to get this far. What are you going to do? Be like, well, I failed the one eighty and freaked out, so I guess we're done. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> you're like, we got that out the way. Is the way I look at it. <laughs>
1: yeah. If we,
0: if we look at this. Um, I'm going to pull up the results here because I want to kind of talk about this because it was, it was a freaking battle to say the least. Um, so you go three for three and so, do, so does Emily Mergier of France and the Swede had missed her second attempt, but then ended up hitting the same weight for her, for her third. Were things going as planned And are you guys at that point looking at team France? Cause you know, going in there at least, her total was, was slightly more, but are you guys thinking, okay, this is the fight and and which way are you, are you paying attention even actually?
1: Uh, no, I actually, this is news to me, what you're telling me. Oh,
0: really? Okay. Well, let's live this together. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was, it was, so you went three for three, um, the Swede missed her second and Emily Mergier went three for three as well. And, um, actually the other Swede, Annalena lena hit a 245 kilo squat and took the gold yes, medal she yeah <laughs> she got a monster right there now you did it you did a 230 a 507 pound squat and were you were you happy with it were you like we're on point we're good or what no. were you thinking no <laughs> no
1: we were behind at that point of where you know like my picture perfect day would have taken me um I think like according to my training where I should have been was around 5 30. Uh, but again overcoming what I did and going three for three on squat and just kind of building that total was all I needed to do because my squat still hasn't recovered so obviously I'm not meddling for squat it's just adding kilos and my third was a grinder like my coaches absolutely squeezed every kilo of <laughs> <me> for squat
0: <laughs> yeah that's where it becomes like at least they're they're watching and not just going off of blind ambition. We're like, trust me, I got this. And once yeah. you start, which you start missing, like the I think it's sixty seven percent of people who miss their third squat miss their third dead because you're already grinding. Yeah. So it's yeah. so key to not. It's not doesn't mean for anyone who misses the third squat. It doesn't mean oh fuck, well I missed my third dead. It's like, right. No, it's not over <laughs> yet. But it's just it doesn't help. That's for sure. But-,
1: yes, but I think it did help Am- Emily, whatever, Am- Amelia. I cannot say her name. I'm sorry. Uh, but going three for three in squat this year, because last time we went head to head for a silver medal in Sweden in 2019, she only got one squat in and I only got one squat in. So I think that definitely helped build her up today or this year, whatever.
0: You guys are in the <laughs> warm up room looking at each other like, Okay. Well, <laughs> well things are, we both, we both adjusted very, well, Her very well.
1: Conveniently we're standing directly behind my platform. <laughs> <laughs> we're,
0: were they really? Yeah. Uh, that, that happens a lot. Like when they not look at, I've been to quite a few world championships at this point. Oh, and, um, you hear like, yeah, they, they will eyeball, they will pay close attention. And if they think the pressure's on, they'll put a little more pressure on by a bit mm-hmm. by hovering. Um, And I've had, I haven't even heard stories of some very close competitors, the coaching staff being like, do you mind if we hop in and use the same platform? And then it becomes, then it becomes like, you could say no, but are you showing weakness? Like you're afraid then, huh? Right. They'll look at you like, like. That's what I, yeah, that's what I thought. And they walk away like, you just fucking with me by asking? Or do you (laughs) be like, or do you be like, now come on, come on the platform and try to be confident. But if you, but you you know, it's, that's the whole day that they're there. Like, I don't know. It's a weird situation. It gets weird back there. Look at it. It's international. And for some of these people, these coaches, they're literally paid for by their governments to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that blew my mind. I was chatting with the Swedish lifters and they were like, yeah, everything was paid for for this trip. I'm like, well, that must be nice. Yeah. As I'm funding my trip around the world. It's, so cool.
0: um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, so like for a lot of these coaches, they do to take it like uber seriously and mm-hmm. they will be checking you out and like, you know, trying to mean mug you in the, in the back sometimes or whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. but um, It was
1: nice, though. My flight was so tiny that we each had our own warm-up platform and then one to spare because it was such a small group
0: of us. Can you imagine that's the case and someone still has to be on your platform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you a big the one fuck over there, of. buddy. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. What we'll are you doing? Yeah, exactly. No, I guess Team Canada used the
1: same platform every session. They did. So they were like this is ours.
0: They did. Dude, Team Canada claimed that platform and threw yeah, a flag on sure it. Did. Not literally, but I swear to god every time I went back there cuz I'm always like floating around and um, they were always in the exact same platform. I knew exactly yeah. where to find them. I don't They must have I don't know how they pulled that off. Unless they get there mad early and just hold their ground.
1: Oh, yeah. Jeff got there mad early to get in a bench workout every morning. Oh,
0: God. What a bro. Probably As if did coaching
1: isn't enough, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bless him. That's Jeff Bud. He's amazing. Um, but, um, okay. So heading into bench press, you felt good. Ended up going two for three. Hit a 127 and a half, Missed a 130. But um, our friend from France, Emily Margier, also missed her third and uh, the Swede, who was of the three, was the only one who missed her squat, went three for three. And how were you feeling at this point?
1: Um, I was a little bummed about missing my third bench because I finished the press, but I knew I had had downward movement. But I was like, I just got to do this for my own mental toughness. So I finished the press anyway. Uh, I knew it was red lighted like right off the bat, but I felt really good, honestly, like it was still a bench PR and bench has been my hardest lift to build up and I'm definitely, you know, behind the girls in my weight class for bench. So I was pretty stoked about bench overall.
0: (laughs) Were you paying attention to the other girls in terms of what they were doing at that point?
1: Not at all. I pay zero attention. Like I fully, fully trust my coaches and I just don't even look at it because again, like I live in my head and I know I'll overthink things. (laughs) And I knew like I had had this conversation with Kimberly that more than likely going into deadlift, I'm going to be behind by a, a pretty decent amount. And that's just the way it is. So, you know, she's a deadlift specialist. So she's like, just trust me on this. Just trust me. You just have to build your total, hit your numbers. That's it. And I was like, all right, here we go.
0: And when it came time to choosing numbers, um, what was the deliberation like? Like, obviously, you had the opportunity to have your personal coach there in Kimberly. Yes. Then you had the Canadian coaching staff. Then you had yourself saying, so you guys all just kind of like huddle like a football team and kind of be like work it out? Or, or how did it work?
1: I had no say in it. I stepped out. They, they talked behind my back as they should and, gotcha. just you know, decided what they thought was there that day. Um, and they made a really good call. Like again, it should have been a manageable one thirty. It wasn't whatever it happened, but it was a really good coaching call on all of their behalf.
0: Yeah. I mean, you got 127. So 130 wasn't a crazy yeah. wasn't a crazy. No, definitely ask. It not. Was it was
1: a good jump and it was all I had if I would have locked it out. So for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it is, um, when you're saying like, okay, I don't think I'm gonna get this, but I'm gonna lock it out. Very rare do you get one by the judges, but sometimes you see some weird shit. Where someone's yeah. like, "Oh wow, they didn't see the butt come up," or "Oh yeah. wow, like I've seen <laughs> it," where you're like, "Oh shit!" because something else was kind of moving and it drew their attention over there, and yeah, then you, they and, that way and-, and then your butt <laughs> came up, and then whatever. and you're like, "Oh man, they almost never happens, Especially IPF worlds, these are so like like uh, experienced in terms of what they've done and how many sessions they've done. But every yeah. now and then you'll see one slip by and you're like, "Oh shit!" And um, yeah, man, <laughs> lock it out. See what happens.
1: Yep. And, exactly. and, if,
0: and if nothing else, you like you, you didn't fail it on strength as a technicality. For sure. So going into deads, you felt strong. How were you feeling warming up for deads?
1: Uh, I was ready. I was ready to bring it for deads. Cause I knew that's all I had. And it was my best hope. Um, deadlifts were, I don't know when I'm training deadlifts, like leading up to a meet, they never go well. Like I can't rep deadlift to save my life at all. Like if you saw my highest reps, you would be like, well, she's never going to lift that. But I knew um, at nationals in 2019, I had or 2020, I guess it was right before COVID. I had pulled 250 and I locked it out, but then my knees went soft after I locked it out. So it was a no lift. So I knew I at least had that in me, um, which is what I ended up pulling, but I was feeling really good. And then, my coaches were super ready for this. So that got me kind of fired up too. So my last warm up, they were like, pull well, this as fast as you can and make a statement. So I did. And I was like, all right, let's go.
0: No shit. Is that what yeah. they said in the warm up yeah.
1: room? Yeah.
0: <laughs> cause they're like, cause for all these coaches paying attention and watching, let's give them something. It, it is true. Like, so to to replay it back for you, how how the deads ended up shaking up, um, you ended up opening with 232 and a half slightly in the in the lead from the Swede who opened up at 230. And then the French lady with 222.5. So she was a little bit ahead. So you had a bit of a lead on deads, but it's only two and a half kilo opening. So obviously it's not how you open. It's where you end, but you got to cover some ground. So they need you to be convincing. Now you're pulling last as long as you can maintain as you see everybody coming. And this is where you, the, the close battle really turned into a, right down to the very last dead. in terms of a championship you couldn't get more dramatic than this um wh- did you did you see in the deadlifts though that uh emily margier start hit her opener so she averted disaster from bombing but mr second
1: i think i did see on one of the tvs in the back that that had happened Um, but I didn't know where that had me number wise. I had no idea if that, you know, put me ahead, kept me behind. Like, I didn't know what that meant.
0: (laughs) You knew she was the contender and you knew she missed, but exactly what the implications were. You're like, well, I mean, it's gotta be good for you, but exactly how good, or does it matter? You're not sure. Um, and it, it ended up being super close. So for your second, you at 2:45, and then, um, Emily Leach, hit 240 for her second so the spread is now five kilo in the deadlifts and and starting to tighten because she had a bit of a lead coming into deadlifts obviously and here we are in the final deads and you load up 250 the infamous 250 that last time had the the soft knees <laughs> yeah and if you hit this um, you have a 607.5 kilo total um, the swede so emily leach had hit 245 and is ending up with a kilo total uh like she went before you obviously because the bar was less so she solidified her 607 and a half you need 250 they forced your hand they did all mm-hmm. they could this, this team sweden in terms of their attempt selection is pretty on point so they yeah. understood that a we need to go as heavy as we can without tipping over and missing b we need to force Brittany to load up more than she could handle they figure make her load up 250 the Swedes are also watching, and this is, this was interesting how, because, um, Emily Mergier also missed her third, uh, in terms of her deadlifts. So Annalena, the other Swede loaded up her third to pull for that bronze medal. Yeah.
1: So the Swedes
0: really, they played, they stacked the deck in their favor and they're like, okay, let's load up Brittany and see if we could force it out of their hands. And then also let's try to make a play for that bronze medal. And they could have had a, like a good podium there um, with two yeah. Swedes on there. Like they, they know how to play their cards when it came down to the last deads going out for that 250 kilo dead, 551 pounds. It's a fucking monster deadlift. Um, yeah. And it's the last, it's the last lift of the entire session. Now, whether or not you're paying attention or not, you had to have known, Oh shit, everybody's done. Yeah, It's only me back <laughs> here. I'm the only one. So you know what this means. Did, you, did your deductive reasoning, did they tell you, love, yeah. you were about to win the world championships or not?
1: They told me you need this for gold oh. is all they told me. So yeah.
0: <laughs> it, what were you thinking then? Were you like, holy shit, down to the last dead like this?
1: No, I had the biggest smile on my face. I knew I had it in the bag. I was so really? confident it wasn't even funny, which again, I am not a super confident person when it comes to my lips. But I knew I was like that's that's gonna be way easy. like I wanted more, like if it was in the cards I was asking my coaches to let me pull for the world record, so I knew I had 250 for sure, like unless you know something went crazy yeah. Uh, so yeah, it I think my third went faster than my second.
0: <laughs> well, isn't it a such a starch contrast um compared to like how your date oh how your date began in the warmup room where you're like, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack here. And then, (laughs) and then the pressure was actually far greater on the last dead. Like you're literally pulling for all the marbles and you're like, we're good. You know, like the turnaround.
1: It's so weird though. Deadlift has never betrayed me. I've only ever missed one deadlift in a competition. And it was the 250 with the soft knees after I blocked it out, uh, where squat, I am terrified of. So after I had my first squat on the board, that was literally one of my goals was get my first squat on the board. There was no pressure. Like I was confident. I was having a good time. We were all good then. So yeah, even though the stakes were significantly higher for <laughs> yeah. deadlifts, I had a lot more confidence.
0: And what is the deadlift world record?
1: Oh, off the top of my head. I, I could don't pull know. It it's yeah. I think it's Sarah uh, still. It, yeah. Sarah it's Brenner. Sarah Bremner. Yep. I think it's, it's gotta be. It's I'm like gonna, it's not many kilos off. Piece. It's like two. I
0: thought it. Yeah, it's not many kilos at all. I'm no. gonna pull this up because I got a feeling. Yeah. And obviously, you'd be foolish to to load more than you need. So. Hundred I
1: mean, percent, and I told yeah. my coaches, I "Was like I fully understand. Like, placement comes first, but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I can,
0: <laughs> it's it's like the coach will never. Let's pull it up. Yeah, Sarah Brenner, Sarah Brenner, two hundred fifty-seven and a half kilo." <laughs> it's a decent, okay, so you're right you're,
1: it's a substantial jump, but yeah, with the way my third moved, I think I could have fought for it, um, but I'm gonna pull it at national, so it's fine, not that it will count, but unofficial but,
0: <laughs> yeah, unofficially, um, you get that in there, and let me take a look at uh and then the biggest deadlift Amanda lawrence has two sixty point five so if you want the biggest deadlift ever in the i p f in the classic, it's re- that'll be the biggest hang on a second here
1: i mean keeping up to amanda lawrence though she's a hell of a deadlifter well she's a hell of a lifter though she's a
0: phenomenal lifter yeah yeah best she got the best lifter award but um if you pull because look at 250 260 i mean if if you're gonna pull for the the uh record here hang on a second go back 257 and a half that's only three kilo more it's not that so and that's also (laughs) would be the biggest record period in the women's classic in the ipf books like you would have the biggest lift in the ipf world records period which is big that's like like in terms of the single feats of strength like you got the world title and then you'd have that as well i mean it's just stuff to look forward to but that's like that's a pretty good you know and we're not too far off of that
1: We'll we'll revisit this in March to see what happens. But we'll I'm take feeling pretty yeah. good about it. <laughs>
0: yeah, we'll see. Get March out the way there, then we'll look to those world championships. So after you hit that 250 and you knew what it was, what was the feeling like?
1: Um, honestly, it was pretty uneventful and I hate saying that. Um, but again, like I exist in my head and so many people had, you know, had the conversation like, oh, this this world doesn't matter because not everybody could be there. So even though I accomplished this big thing that everybody strives for, it was already devalued by fellow competitors and other coaches and athletes, which is a really shitty feeling. And mm. the Swedish girl and I talked about it and how upsetting it was that we had accomplished this huge thing and done everything that we could do to be our best that day, and still it just didn't feel the way it's supposed to. Um, I I had to reflect on it for a very long time and I decided that I wasn't going to discredit my accomplishment. Again, it didn't feel, I think as good as it's supposed to, but I am really proud of myself and what I pulled off, especially given the day I had and, mm. you know, just the battles I take with myself that make the sport harder. But yeah, like it was a good feeling, but not, not the way that everybody describes it. Right.
0: <laughs> uh, here's the thing though. Like, yeah, I know what you mean, but on the same time you like, you, you can't control that. So obviously that's not on you either.
1: Absolutely.
0: But um, but on the flip side too, like people have to show up to do it. Like for instance, in 2019, if Ray Williams didn't show up to the 2019 world championships, I would have bet a million dollars he would have won it anyways. Yeah. If you would have told me Ray Williams can't go to the 2019 world championships, I'd be like, well, he would have won. He always wins. He always wins. Yeah. He's never not won. But we know yeah. what happened at 2019. You know, yeah. r- r- like Ray did not win. It, it When you say like, you could say like it's a shame this person didn't show up. You could say things like that, and that's fair. You could say, I feel bad that this happened to this person outside of their control as well. That's fair. But also, you can't necessarily say if they were there, they would have won. We don't. That's, sure. what, that's not the way sports works. Um, no, it's just. definitive. I've I've called enough of these to see enough things happen where it doesn't, you know. I mean, it's it's just not the way it goes. Like uh you mean it, you've
1: been wrong enough times to- I have been wrong enough. Hey, I
0: believe me, I've worn egg on my face. That's the one thing with those preview shows. I've had to have um lifters on the podcast that I picked against, and they are like, you know, I listen to that podcast, right? And I'm like, Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. But um, yeah, I mean, but that's that's sports, right? Like, um,
1: yeah.
0: I don't know. So once you realize that and you see enough things like that, like it is what it is, you know, maybe in yeah. the future, like the next world championships, everything you get, you know, we could have, we will have more and more world championships. And how old are you? Brittany?
1: I'm 29, almost 30. <laughs> when do you turn 30? Uh, December 5th. Oh shit. Yeah. Like pushing it basically a master's lifter now
0: oh, <laughs> but um honestly though on the flip side too though you look dropping down to 225 from 286 probably put a lot of years onto your lifting yeah you know I think there is something to do also about like um like if, if like when you're a larger lifter it just it, it feels like the the super heavyweights don't have the same um longevity in terms of the sport for sure you know so i think for sure you've you're going to stick around and continue to grow and get stronger because you made that move.
1: Yeah, I think it was definitely a, a good move in my best interest. And even when I am feeling down about like my decreased strength in my squat, you, you have to compare, you know, some of these girls weigh over hundred pounds more than me, uh, which is still incredible what they're doing, but like my lifts aren't terrible despite numbers being lower sometimes like body weight coefficient is a thing for a reason and that's kind of what I go with and it's just constantly trying to be better than I am like I finally have reached a goal somewhere I'm happy and now I'm just building from there
0: and and did you yeah it's true you were all it's almost like a David and Goliath type situation when you hit that platform and you're like the underdog you know what I mean we're like there's a reason why there's weight classes and um and yeah you went against that like, there are, yeah. like, for sure, you give up a lot of, you can give up a lot of body weight at the expense. And you can be like, man, it'd be nice to have that 600 pound squat now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, that'd be brilliant, right?
0: That would be brilliant. But long term, you could probably be doing this in, into like for real being in your masters.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, since you I mean been longevity is a good goal <laughs>
0: for sure. Yeah, for life in general, but also like yeah, in the sport or whatever. Like, what do you what do you hope to start accomplishing in this?
1: Um, honestly, I know that it will take a lot for me to to be the best eighty four plus lifter, just in general, not with like weird COVID circumstances and you know USAPL scenarios. Like, I. I don't know that I will ever be like the top of the top and the strongest of the strong, but that's okay because I feel like I have a much more to me than just powerlifting. Like there's a story, there's relatability, there's so many things that people go through that they aren't willing to talk about. So I think beyond lifting is just kind of sharing my story and uplifting other people because I think it's it's super important in the sport, especially. It, 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 so well, longevity yeah. in my lifting and you know continuing to make these friends and be an influence in some way or another
0: like like because you have a world title um like yeah no matter what happens now when you tell your story it's a whole nother impactful thing
1: right
0: you know um how did you when how did you find powerlifting in the first place
1: um, so I am originally American. So when I moved to Canada, <gasps> I started, I know,
0: <laughs> oh no, the plot twist, the plot twist of the USAPL it. thing, the I whole US,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, I moved out to Canada in 2015. I started at a good life and was just training for overall health and fitness. And I've always been involved in sports. So it was just something to do. And then people at My Good Life are like, oh, hey, like, you're pretty strong. You should compete. And I laughed. I was like, I, I mean, I know I'm strong, but like, not like that. And then like another year passed and they're like, no, really, like, you're strong. You should compete. And so somebody had re- like mentioned powerlifting and I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. So I did a bit of digging and I took a DTS education course with Chris Budge. And oh, yeah. he, it was all about powerlifting, and he was like, "Why are you not already lifting?" I'll see you at the London or the yeah the London Open, and I was like, "Okay." So I signed up for this meet. Had no idea what I was doing. Went in, didn't know any of the rules, anything, um, and just kind of fell in love with it, and the community, and the sport, and just the family that was created, even from my very first day walking in, knowing nobody.
0: I think I, rem- I remember you coming to. Did you come to Guelph? with amy (laughs)
1: yeah
0: did you yeah i remember and you wore i think i I remember you to this day you wore a toque It, it was cold as shit man yeah um in the back in that gym, like the doors went up in the summertime. It's beautiful, but in the wintertime it was cold as shit, but it was like, yeah, it was like a garage. Oh man. my
1: God. You were there. That's hilarious. Cause yeah, we had a bunch of people that were there and training in this facility. And Amy's like, Oh, well that's blah, blah, blah. I'm like name dropping. I'm like, I don't know who any of these people are. Cause she's like, Oh, that's Brian. And that's Chris Aviato. And I was like, who the hell are these people? Like totally clueless. And when I first started powerlifting, I was so so uncertain of myself and so shy that I didn't talk to anybody for like the first two years I listed. Like, I would get in, do my meet, get out. Like, I was so, so apprehensive of talking to anybody or making connections. And people are like, How do you not know so and so? I'm like, I don't know anybody. No shit.
0: I do remember you. um Yeah, you were shy, but you were definitely friendly. It wasn't like, yeah. you know, um but I, I totally remember that you were strong and kept That's an eye so on you. <laughs> Ever since, man, it's crazy. You, you didn't, yeah. You probably didn't even stop to like, know, like, oh shit, that's the same dude. It was totally me the whole time. Close.
1: No, I have no idea. I just remember, yeah, like people were always super nice, and I'm always nice back. Like I'm not a mean person, but I was like so so shy. I was like, ah, okay, whatever. Hi, like, yeah, this is great.
0: <laughs> were you?
1: Wait, did you ask me? Were you the one that asked me if I was going to Worlds, and I was like, I haven't even gone to Nationals yet, maybe or something. Maybe. <laughs> Look, like, I'm always scouting for you. Worlds, I was like, no.
0: I'm always scouting. I probably wanted to get the down low on what's going on here. Yeah,
1: you're like, I'm going to swoop up
0: on this one. <laughs> I'm a sub swooping in. Let me get Leah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, like previously to powerlifting, how were you? Did you like was this this totally out of your element? to dive into a sport like this? Like, how were you? No,
1: like, again, I've always been into sports and like, I had done some basic strength training, you know, like in softball and basketball, whatever. Like I've always been super, super involved in sports. Um, It wasn't like totally crazy. And I was working out at the gym, you know, just like pretending I knew what I was doing with my lifts and just working out for general fitness. So it wasn't totally crazy, but I'm looking back now like it feels totally crazy like if you had ever told me we would be sitting here having this conversation and be like I don't even know who that is that's funny <laughs> like no way
0: in, 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 you said you were like super shy before but yeah. now you're far more confident I would say would, would yeah. you say
1: that yeah for sure <laughs> like, it's I definitely like, still have my moments but I think powerlifting helped me grow into it because as I you know, one more competitions and like my name got out a little bit further, I realized I was going to be an influence on people, whether I wanted to be or not. So I figured I needed to grow into that persona and actually make a difference with that. Cause I feel like, you know, like your name's going to be out there. People are going to be watching you no matter what. So you might as well do something with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. It's, t- it's not easy though um no. like when people you you don't necessarily know know who you are um, yeah and then sometimes if they come up and talk to you and whatnot like you you know you don't want to give a wrong impression in it but you, you don't know how you might be feeling at the time they don't know how you're feeling at the time so you're kind of like it's different it kind of it pulls you out of uh you got to pull out of your shell but um there's something too with like I noticed with myself, like the stronger I got when I started weightlifting, the more confident I got as well, just in like day-to-day for some reason. I don't know why. I'm not sure. It's not like it's going to impact your day-to-day with like talking or whatever, but it's easier to walk around with your chest out and be like, you know, if you know, like you're strong and you know, I don't know, to be good at something, to be proficient at something.
1: Yeah. I think it, it definitely helps. And just like, even if you're not like in the top tier of lifters, just going to the gym and accomplishing something or being better than you were yesterday or yeah. PRing a list, like that's an incredible feeling. And it's something you should be proud of and it should boost your confidence. Like that's a big part of why we do this. So I think that is definitely the case for sure.
0: <laughs> it is like, like literally empowering figuratively and literally, you know, when mm-hmm. you, when you start doing, when you're chasing these goals and they have like numerical values and you see yourself getting better and you see like, like hard work, you could see, like I put in this many weeks and this is where my, my numbers went. Like, that's like empowering. Right. So it gives you some more confidence that way too. And then um, you start, it's crazy. Like how the community is though. Like you start like meeting people and um, I don't know, man, it's, it's so niche. Like people are from all over the world, but at the same time, it's not like a massive community. It's big, but it is like, I don't know. It's, it's unique, man. It'll, it'll pull people out of a shell because they know you, they're going to walk up and talk to you, you know, like you're in, it doesn't matter. You're already. Well, You
1: immediately have something in common and something you can talk about and something relatable because whether or not you've gone through like the same struggles and injuries, we've all gone through struggles and injuries and whatever. So immediately you have something in common. (laughs)
0: Like I've had people on the podcast with backgrounds that are like nothing similar at all, like completely, Like I felt like from drastic to like an individual saying um, like Joe Sullivan was like, I, there were times my family was so poor. We were getting meals out of the dumpster and um, he went to a school where this one gang was looking for this kid in his school. They couldn't find him. They pulled the fire alarm. So when all the kids came out and they had to come out, they shot, they found the kid and shot him and they're like, oh, there he is. And he's like, that's, that's where he grew up. He grew up in Flint, Michigan, where they couldn't drink the water. I'm like, holy fuck, man, this is a crazy story. And in the same sport, you'll have somebody who's like coming up like a, a well-to-do family, med school, hardworking. And they're like, just a, a, a great person as well. You know what be I mean? Like yeah. just totally nothing the same, but they'll be in the same warm-up room. They'll be on the same team. They might have the same coach you know or joe might be that person's coach and that person might right. be looking to the, joe for like it's it's just like um i don't know i mean this sport it, like the even the gym in general will put like an next convict right beside a fucking cop and you're both yeah. benching beside each other it's it's wild it's such a crazy little microcosm for society
1: definitely takes all kinds and i mean there's a place for everybody in the sport which i think makes it super influential and it does bring in a mixed bag of beans like you never know who you're talking to like their background story all you know is we live. that's cool
0: me and you when we met a, however many years ago had no freaking idea later on
1: <laughs> neither one of us would be doing any of this no that's so funny I literally trained at that gym one time and I was it.
0: and I was there that one time you came yeah. in with Amy freak is life funny um, yeah, in, in, in terms of like community too, um, like, did you want to talk about what happened afterwards?
1: Yeah, we can. That's fine. Okay. I'm here's... in a better spot now. about it.
0: Okay, good. Uh, 100%. Here's one thing. So for at, some people probably seen, and here's something that like, in terms of like courage and bravery that you got and, um, ah, fucking Jesus, I'm going <laughs> to, I don't know why I get emotional and shit. Um, but, uh, it is what it is in terms of like bravery and courage that you had for like posting what you posted. Holy fucking smokes, Brittany. Like when you posted that and I seen it, I was like a, like, uh, like I wasn't angry right off the bat, but I, when I seen like you show you shared it all. Like you didn't set you, you said like, this is like, like, um, when you po- showed what they were saying, like it fucking you, like Brittany, you got the heart of a lion on and off that platform kid. And uh, it was brave as shit just to be like, just so you see what like I go through sometimes, like what other people might go through. And um, I seen that, I was like, holy fuck. Like A, I couldn't believe how mean some people were, how brave you were. And then to see all the people that came by your side, like, you know, to be like, this is not our community. Like, that's what I put with a King. It's like, these people do not represent us. And like the amount of people who stepped up were like, no, but kill that noise real quick. Like, you know what I mean? Like you are literally a beautiful person. Like you're a fucking one of my favorite people to talk to. Like it's crazy that like, uh, some of the shit, like I'm, I I guess for people listening, they might not entirely know what I'm talking about right now, but, um, frig man, that's a tough thing. That was a tough thing for me to grasp right there.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, definitely interesting. So For those people who don't know, I stumbled upon a Reddit feed where people were tearing me apart about whether I was maddie or not, which is fine, but they were picking apart my appearance and the fact that I have thinning hair, balding head, um, I have exospatial hair, I struggle with polycystic ovarian syndrome and thyroid issues, and it's something I've dealt with since a child, but everybody just automatically assumes that you're doping. Um, which I get it like it's very similar side effects um, but it's not who I am as a person but nobody cares because that's not what you look like on the surface Mm -hmm. Um, but it was just like several hundred comments of people saying how disgusting and repulsive I am and you know just horrible things whatever the internet's a shitty place sometimes but it's also not a shitty place and I read the comments um again launched into my favorite little panic attack um Spent a good hour on the phone sobbing to my friend, popped some Xanax. Like I couldn't even stand up. I was so distraught. Um, went to sleep and then in the morning I was like, how do we deal with this? Where do we go from here? And I was still obviously like super heartbroken, but it felt important to me because I know that a few of the followers that I do have also struggle with polycystic ovarian syndrome and we've connected that way. Um, So I felt like it was my due diligence to share because I had already experienced the pain. I was experiencing the pain and I felt like I needed to do something with it. So I shared the comments that were said about me and the photos that were shared. And it was probably the scariest thing I've ever done. Um, I kind of just expected, you know, like my core group of friends to just like hop on and be like, no, you got this girl, like whatever, I think they're fine. Like just a quick little pick me up. Um, but it got traction and kind of blew up uh, uh, quite a bit, which was surprising. And I had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of comments and messages from people all around the world, um, many of which were sharing their stories and thanking me for being brave enough to talk about the struggles that we go through. Because beyond dealing with, like, the PCOS and the thyroid problems, um, along with that, uh, mental health struggles come into play uh, often with those two diseases. So it's something I've struggled with forever. And honestly, like, my first thought after reading the comments is, like, I am not worthy of living. Like, I don't deserve to exist. I should kill myself. Um, So immediately I fall back to my support system, which I'm so lucky to have. Uh, But then my support system grew and grew and grew and grew and hundreds, and hundreds of people let me know that they were there for me. And it was honestly like breathtaking. Like I spent the whole next day crying, but because I was reading these messages that were sent to me, like it was far more than I could have ever expected or even respond to, but it was definitely not what I was expecting, but I am really proud of myself for sharing it. and. I again like if it helped one person it was worth it and I got messages from many people saying that they hope they can be you know like even half as brave one day so again I think being an open book when it comes to these things is really important uh even when it's not easy to talk about I think it's something that needs to be talked about
0: fucking uh, to say the least I can't emphasize enough like like you are far look okay. at all right this is this is this is like the the weird thing when it comes to people like I can step in front of like a thousand people and give like a public like a speech and and do like I've done things like that on like television stuff or or whatever and there's like a TV project that that you'll find out about in March anyways and I can do stuff like that so like in terms of like so oh man in terms of like um, stepping out there in the public or whatnot you, that's so brave like how do you deal with that and I can't fucking fathom like if if like if i read certain comments or i find things my thing is like i tuck it away and i don't talk about it or i don't show anybody i feel it doesn't make sense but i feel shame if someone shit talks me and it's out there sometimes and i'm like like um if i were to show you it almost like i i don't know why i would feel shame because that's not real what they said about me but like it's yeah. it's tough to share it i don't know why and then um so when you share that and it was like I could I couldn't fucking imagine how much strength it would take to like sift through hundreds of these fucking comments and then be like, I gotta, I like I, I'm not gonna hide from this. Like, I'm not gonna pretend this didn't yeah. happen. I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna do the opposite. I'm gonna take these right. screenshots and I'm gonna show it and be like, this is what some these people said about me. Like I couldn't for the fucking life of you me know how strong you gotta be and brave. Like I like it's it's fucking crazy. Um I
1: think the best piece of advice when I was going through that from my support system was it's your story and it's going to be told whether you tell it or somebody else does and it's so true like people can make assumptions about you but if you don't get out there and tell your story the way it is people are just going to talk because they don't know any better and obviously I still had people like comment on the post and they're like yeah you're still a man you're still disgusting whatever that's fine it's over but like your voice doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> it is a, uh, yeah. It's crazy. Like, it, you, you're right. You you can take control of the narrative then. Be like, okay, you guys had your fucking fun. And then you could control, like, you guys are already talking about me. This has happened. I stumbled across this. Um, and now let me have a little bit of control and power back. And you're like, mm. so this is what these people think. And it's, um, I was, I fuck, I can't believe, I couldn't believe myself how many people. We're like rallied to your support. And I was so happy about that Yeah, because like, that's fucking terrible. You know what I mean? And, and so, it's like some people talk where they don't think like, this is a person though, huh? Like this person is right. going to read your shit. You know that like, this is not Um, like, this is a person you're talking about. How
1: the fuck, right.
0: you know what I mean? Like just don't man, I don't get yeah, it.
1: The internet, it can be a really scary place, especially like forums like Reddit. And it's not something that I even frequent. Um, So many people were like, how did you even find this? But like in the United States, there's one other Britney Schlater. And we grew up like relatively close to each other. So every few months I Google my name just to like make sure like when I'm crossing international borders, I'm not going to be mistaken for another (laughs) Britney Schlater that did some sketchy stuff. So I Google my name and it was like the third thing that came up. And I was like, oh, like Missouri loves company. I'm already in a bad headspace. Let's read this shit, even though I know better. And like, it doesn't matter to me, but like. It's done, but yeah, it's not something that, you know, that you stumble across on, uh, on purpose, but no, well, even if you, even
0: if you like, like, fuck man, how do you not check out some things? You just won the world title. It could be something positive for all, you know, like it's
1: like, well, like it is what it is. It's the internet, right? come on.
0: (laughs) Well, true. Yeah, that's true. But, um, but the very least, like, I don't know, there's something about if anything, comes of it because you are a world champion in a strength sport because you are incredibly strong like the fact the way you dealt with it was fucking remarkable and the way you could come onto a podcast and talk about it and everything like like I, i'm telling you man you got character like crazy like uh, like yeah. i can't even fucking fathom Brittany, and um you know it's it's this is like the good that you like an athlete can do when they like like you totally stepped up and showed the heart of a lion and i know there are going to be people like i know how many people listen to this and it's it's a worldwide spread and how many people like it doesn't have to be the exact same everybody goes through some shit and what you described about being like low and vulnerable and being like um feeling shamed and being like fucking you know for you to handle it like you did and then come out the other side um yeah. fucking inspirational man like it hit me hard man it hit me harder than i would have expected you know like some of that stuff and then the way you handled it made me be like fuck man i gotta level up man like you know yeah. you're built us some stern stuff you know for you for you've yeah. gone through that
1: i mean i've been through enough shit in my day and like honestly life is what you make of it so you have to do something productive with it like being a, a, a lifter and like having a name and like people knowing who you are, I feel like it's pointless unless you do something positive and give back to the world in some way with it. Mm-hmm. And the thing earlier, like I might not ever be the best power lifter, even the best 84 power in the entire world, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, I'm still going to do whatever I can within my reach to make our sport and the world in general a little bit better,
0: (laughs) but that's what a champion is supposed to do. Right. Right. Like you would hope like a champion could do some shit like that. Like when you talk about certain people, like you would hope, like, you know, when they talk about you, it's going to be like the heart of a champion, you know, like she's definitely giving back more than she's taken away. And that can't be said for for like everybody out there. Some people are going to disappoint you when you meet them in all sports, um, in all walks of life. Whereas like, you know, this is big. Um, and to an extent like um like moving forward it's almost like man what, do, what, what is anybody gonna say about me now you yeah. can't say nothing i haven't seen i haven't read like i'm fucking bulletproof sure. at this I'm, you know i'm bulletproof man
1: <laughs> and like i had mentioned it in my post like i knew it was gonna happen one day uh, i just wasn't ready for it like i knew like physically yeah i probably do look like i'm taking steroids in my life i wouldn't even know where to buy the shit but like I knew it was coming, but it's always, I'll deal with it when it does, but you never prepare for it. Right. And like, I have the problem of having a very soft heart. And I like to think that, you know, most people are good. And I think this proves that they are, but uh, I'm definitely a delicate daisy. Despite not looking the part.
0: You look at uh, like you, you've handled it better than, than most could have. And here's the flip side of it. So there's a yin and the yang for the dark side of it the fucking bright side when the community rallied behind you was mm. was like crazy you know like in terms of like how many people had your back or like if you yeah. sometimes you wonder like how many people for real got my back it like how yeah. many people would actually stick up for me how many people would actually like you got my back but you're not gonna stick up for me? like you know what i mean like you like me but you're not like Shit, It's the fan i'm kind of a, a, on my own I'm, I'm i'm you know on an island here and um you found out real quick, like there's going to be a lot of fucking people who are going to stick. Like you won't be in this true. alone. Like there will be a lot so of
1: mind blowing. I like, I still can't get over it, but that's been my thing since I became more brave and powerlifting and started actually talking to people as I found that. I perform better when I am simply uplifting and cheering on even like my competitors, because my, like, I want people to feel good about themselves. I want people to succeed. Even if that means I don't place as high, like I want the best for everybody, like genuinely. So I don't know. I've I've found that that helps. And it was just crazy how many people in those comments were like, Oh, you've always supported me. Like, I don't know if you remember, I met you this one time and you said this and like, that's the mark I want to leave on the world. Like even if it's small, like just that one person make their life a little better.
0: Yeah. To be when you needed, when you needed somebody and they came through to you to have done that for other people.
1: Yeah. is big.
0: Like when you need to like some...
1: literally never know, you never know what people are going through. Right. Yeah,
0: exactly. That should be like um, when someone feels like being shitty, think about that. First off, yeah, Like yeah. you don't know what they're going through. They could be like just hanging in there and then they find mm-hmm. some shitty comments. And then on the flip side, if you, if you think about doing something good reaching out, but well, you don't, cause you're thinking like, ah, I might be awkward. I don't know them that well. Maybe I don't shoot that yeah. message. Maybe I don't just shoot the fucking message. Whatever. Shoot the me, message. Me, Always shoot the message, shoot the message. Be like, Hey, I seen you do this. That was amazing. You know, or whatever. Just give them their flowers. Let them know.
1: Like literally worst case. They're like, ah, that Ryan guy, he's a little weird whatever Move on with your life who
0: cares that's fact (laughs) though that'd be accurate though but
1: uh, (laughs) we know we know
0: yeah but um uh yeah it's it's you know your life could have went a million different ways you could have just ended up in an office job and not have put yourself out there and it's it's when you said you knew you were putting yourself out there with your pursuit and eventually this conversation was going to happen it's almost like like you know I'm glad you chose like powerlifting and you got to like experience all this and didn't shy because of like the threat of, of, of this conversation. You didn't lean away from, you know, like it takes courage to be like, you know, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not avoiding, you know what I mean? Like lean into, it takes away the power of like, fuck it, it. fuck it. Uh, I know. Cause... I've had this
1: conversation a million times now with so many girls and women that have messaged me saying that they struggle with similar things and they won't even post a picture of themselves online because they're so afraid of the hate and the backlash that they'll receive. And like, this is the world we've come to live in. But I'm so much for just facing it head on, taking a stand and making sure you have a damn good support system to pick yeah. up the pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair. um but yeah, I think it like it for sure means a lot to a lot of people. In the fact that you've the path you chose to like, you lean into it and you don't shy away and you don't avoid, um just period. In your pursuits, and then when when the shit hits the fan, the exact same mentality. And and this isn't yes. to say like like it was crazy uber hard in the background. It, it could only be. I could never imagine. I'm not joking when I say it's like you are way stronger than I am, a person. And I don't care like. You might be like, man, but I have panic attacks and I, whatever I fucking haven't dealt with. Like, you know, like you were just everything, just the way you carried yourself and shit. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't man. And, um, the way you like, you stepped up and, uh, it means something. So definitely proud as like, you know, Canadian fam, you winning the title and handing yourself like that. But even like on the sporting level and as a human level, you know, you've lived up and, um, I, like, do you think about in the future, you know, like, do you want to do things where you start like speaking to people or do you, or is it like, look like, at this is kind of new, all of this is kind of new.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's definitely all new. Um, until that all blew up and hit the fans. I only had like 400 followers and I knew all of them. <laughs> so it kind of just like flipped overnight. Um, I have no problems having conversations and talking to people about these things. Obviously I have to put my mental health and my well-being first yeah. and only do these things as I'm able to, um, but I, I don't know, like whatever my impact will be, like, it's gotta be something, whether that be speaking, whether that be one-on-one conversations with people, I don't really have any huge plans of like speaking engagements, but definitely not opposed to it.
0: And, and here's the thing. Like, like it's, it's all like, like I said, it's all still new, all of this, but winning a world title. And, um and this is like, this being a part of the story is like makes it more empowering it makes you more empowering it makes you like Mm -hmm. you know it's a it's all part of the story now even though unforeseen like originally in those two short months it's like a two-month span all of this happened and like you talking about it because you're brave enough now for sure you got to deal with your own mental health and like 100% understandable again I could not do what you do You know, I couldn't, uh, like when I, we started talking about this, like I thought for a second, like i 100% pause the second, like I'm about to get emotional. (laughs) No, you are whatever. Um, but on what, whatever happens to come in the future, nothing changes what you've already done. Um, and, and the more you talk about it, it it can only, it's only good, but, uh, yeah I mean, I know just right now from just this podcast, this is these I could take this clip, share it in so many women, and men are going to take, take away from it and be like, "Fuck, yeah, man, because everybody has to deal with some bullshit on social media online or face to face or whatever. For um, sure. <laughs> it is encouraging to say the least. Um, and having in Kimberly, how was Kimberly w- with all this? She's, she's quite the tiger to have in your corner as well.
1: Yeah, no, I've definitely um, become a much better lifter and overall person, just being friends with her. She's an excellent role model in lifting in life. And she was exceptionally supportive, checked in with me every day, making sure I was good. Um, Actually, the weekend after it happened, I went out to Jersey and hung out with her for the weekend for her birthday. Like it was already in the books, but it it was really good timing. And before I left for the trip, it was the last thing I wanted to do because I just wanted to be balled up and alone. But I came back from that trip feeling, you know, like a human being again that was, you know, worthy of life and worthy of lifting. So absolutely somebody to have in your corner if you ever get the opportunity.
0: Isn't it crazy how good friends are? like, like yeah. I, it, friend, isn't it amazing? That's why like your inner circle, um, p- people need to be mindful of the people they carry around themselves. Like if they're like a negative influence or a positive influence or like who you have around you impacts your day to day in so many ways. Or like, if there's something that comes up, like whatever it is, things always come up in life. Um, you know, family gets sick or whatever, like just whatever. I don't need to make, make a roll call, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> friends are like, huge i got buddies who like moved to the side of the world and like shit at the fan at his work and then shit at the fan with his family and like my man is calling me he messaged me he's like you still up and like the time zone difference was crazy he was in malaysia and i'm like i'm like do i need to be and he's like (laughs) and he's like you want can you have a call i'm like say less you know what I mean? Like it is what it is, man. Like I can be tired tomorrow at work. It's all right. Like fucking there's something about friends that like we need, you know what I mean?
1: And I mean, different levels of friendship, right? Like I obviously have my core group of like four or five, like super close friends that I can turn to for everything. But like when I struck crisis mode that night, none of them were right available. So I reached out to a next tier friend, like somebody I consider super close. We've had lots of deep conversations. We know each other, and I was like, "Look, I just need you to talk to me, so I don't do something stupid until somebody else can show up for me." Mm. And like, I'm so lucky that I have those people in my life.
0: (laughs) 100. In the self awareness, you have to know that. Yeah. To be like, I'm, I'm struggling mighty. I this there's some crazy things going on in my head right now. To be like, reach out to somebody. And so um, like,
1: literally, the only thing I said is, some people said some really mean things about me. And she was like, okay, here's a picture of a dog. Here's this, just like, literally anything to keep me away from myself until yeah. I could actually get into the nitty gritty.
0: Fucking picture of a dog would, you know, <laughs> it sounds silly, but damned if that wouldn't help. <sighs> I tell yeah. you
1: what. No, honestly, and like the dogs are the key to my heart. So she knew. She's like, here, I have this to offer
0: you. <laughs> I say, some if somebody doesn't like dogs, I'm like, I that person's suspect. They're not written yeah. off. <laughs> They're not written off. Okay, but I don't trust. Uh, you. I got, I got questions. <laughs> I got questions. Though. You know, yeah. I got, I got, I got, I got shifty eyes around you. I got to pay attention.
1: Yeah. But
0: dog, dogs are literally like angels. Um, yeah. They could almost do no wrong. There's no such thing as a bad dog. There's bad people. Who who make dogs have trauma, you know what I
1: mean? No, I mean my dog's an asshole, but like he wouldn't be he wouldn't be him if He's like, sassy,
0: he's mad. My sassy. Best friend
1: is literally like he is you in dog version, and that's why you guys have problems because you are both so stubborn, you just butt heads. Cause he's like, I'ma make you wait, and I'm like, I'm gonna make you wait.
0: Yeah, it's a standoff. The dog is like, your dog is like, I'm an asshole.
1: You, I got to live yeah, with you. You're, you're no peach either to live far. with. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, and, and like friends are, friends are angels too, man. I'm telling you, I've had to Everyone's like when, when things come around in life, man, there's nothing quite like having that friend to reach out to um, and having a support team. That's why I feel bad with like, I was telling somebody, um, even people who like isolation, I like being by myself. But if I was to tell you, you're going to be isolated by yourself like for here on out that yeah. would scare the shit out of people. Even people who like being alone. It's like a yeah. cool, it's cool until it's no longer your choice and you are isolated. Yep.
1: Then you know, it becomes I'm totally home. a loner. Like I love being alone. I love my space. I love my time alone, but Holy hell do I need friends and people around
0: big time? Man. Even like, uh, yeah. It, not even just like when shit goes wrong, but like just period, like you gotta be able to talk, just The conversation is huge. Having, we were talking about podcasts in, um, Conversation is huge for me to like understand people or just like passing. There's nothing better to pass time sometimes, like to be able to have like a for real conversation. You are listening to what the other person's saying, taking it in, and um, you're not like necessarily being okay, now I gotta go next. That's what that's why I like the format of this podcast. Like you were saying earlier, one of your friends is like, holy shit, did he give you questions? And uh (laughs) you're like, No.
1: (laughs) I don't even have a link yet.
0: But I, I enjoy, hang you know, it's like, I got an audio. There it is. Um, but I enjoy like a conversation where it's just like actively listening to what the other person's saying and not worrying about what you're going to like, you know, sound bites or what you're going to say afterwards, just be like, I'm going to take in what they're saying, and give my honest reaction. That's it. And there's right. something about like conversation with people that like, since I started doing a podcast, I've noticed, um, like I need, I think like I genuinely get something away from talking to people. And, uh, like this conversation, I'm at a big time good, like walk away with stuff. And, um, but like, just in general, man, like you just, um, like I've, I've talked to like how often am, am me in Canada going to talk to somebody in like Russia through an interpreter, right? A woman, like a woman, 15 years younger than me living in Russia. We got nothing in common. You know what I mean? Like I'm a dude in Canada. It's so different. And just sit <laughs> down and have that conversation. It's like. How much am I gonna I don't know you you have to take something away from it. I'm blessed to have these things. That's like the blessing of like having you know a podcast and having these kind of discussions and I think some people when they they'll they tag me and they're like when I listen to the podcast and I listen to you they you know those memes where it's somebody um like pulled up to a picture of a bunch of people laughing having a conversation and they're next to the picture laughing with it And they're like that's what i feel like when listening to your podcast because <laughs> right? it's like a conversation yeah. you're in all but it's a you're not in casual
1: all. yeah informal conversation right but i think it's so cool what you do because you get all these experiences you get to live them vicariously and you you learn so much from everybody from all different walks of life like that's got to be so cool <laughs> even like um like people
0: listening to this get to know you Like, or get to know everybody that comes on, but like you right now, but like every time I have someone on, we could do the question and answer thing. Like how many rep, what's your rep range is, and and sets and percentage of your top lift or whatever. And I'll have some podcasts on where we end up into that. It just happens like that naturally. But next time you're at nationals, next time you're at worlds, anyone who had listened to this podcast is going to actually know you better. Right. Like, oh shit. Yeah. I like Brittany. Now the rooting for you a little differently, huh? Like when they yeah. hear your story <laughs> and they see you on the platform, like fucking get them Brit. Like, you know what I yeah, mean? It's different like, that yeah, way. I yeah. get it. Right. So, uh, and that's what I enjoy as well is getting to know people on that level. Um, let me ask you a couple questions that are like less serious, but a little more like on the personal level than I ask some yeah. people, what is your favorite music?
1: My favorite music is generally like my punk pop music from the 2000s. Uh, my emo kids stuff. But I'm a little bit all over the place. It just kind of depends on the day, the mood, what's good, what sounds right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm primarily, number one is rap music, uh, like a hip hop kid. But on the flip side, I could, what's that?
1: I said shocking.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. But on the flip side, um, I could straight up throw on some oldies from 50s, 60s, like everything, man, from the 70s or whatever, and just like chill. And like, that's a good one for me too. Like, I like a, like a good stretch. Not oh, yeah, like,
1: after, after all my like madness that happened with the Reddit thing, all I could listen to was seventies music because everything else I listened to was so fucking sad. I was like, yeah. I can't listen to this right now. So I just put on some seventies box that my parents used to listen to when I grew up and I was like, this is fine.
0: Seventies is, <laughs> um, seventies was different. Seventies was grimy. Like you, like seventies movies, for instance, um, like like if you look at the westerns with Clint Eastwood, the good guys were not good guys. Like Dirty yeah. Harry or whatnot. Like the the good guys were bad guys. And um, the original Rocky. Spoiler alert! It's my favorite movie. I'll ask you yours in a second. But um, the original Rocky, it, he didn't win. He he lost the big fight. Yep. He, everything led up to the big fight in the end, and he lost it. But the, the point wasn't winning or losing. He just wanted to show and prove to everybody that he's worth it. And then he could put up a fight and he deserved to be there and prove his worth. Right. And like, he's like, it meant, uh, and, and even after he knew he couldn't win because he's too behind on points, he kept fighting anyways and he didn't pack it in. And like, yeah. that's the heart where you're like, you can't win. You're too far behind on points, but you fight anyways. And you keep right. answering that bell.
1: That's hard. And I that's mean, like that story by. transitions to everything in life and sports. It's, it's relatable,
0: right? And that's what the '70s is more about. Was like everything coming out of the '70s is more like a realistic. Like it's not sunshine and roses. And good yeah. guys aren't always good guys. Bad guys aren't always bad guys. No one's straight pure either direction. And it was like more like that. That's what like a lot of stuff coming out of the '70s was. Uh, yeah, it's got that flavor to it. So Rocky's yeah. my favorite. What's your favorite movie?
1: So here's where I get judged. I Frozen. don't watch movies, really. Um, I literally could not tell you a favorite movie. I've, I don't know. Like, it's, I've never been a movie person or TV. Really? I don't really? watch things unless somebody makes me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you read like books or what's your thing?
1: Yeah, I like books for sure. Music is a huge part of my life. Um, yeah, I was always more of a book person than a TV or movie person. Okay, what's your favorite book? So I would have to say my all time favorite. is like a teenage book, a uh, of being a wallflower, but literally I will read a book and I'm like, that's my favorite. And then the next book I read, I'm like, that's my favorite. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> Unless yeah. it's really terrible. Then I'm like, oh, that was awful.
0: <laughs> that was shit. That yeah. was shit though. Um, do you read like fiction or autobiographies?
1: Um, a little bit of both. It just kind of depends fiction generally is my preference but if it's a good autobiography or even a biography I'll read it um but it has to be something that I can connect with in some way shape or form right
0: yeah I so my favorite one okay let me say one of my favorite books of all time do you know who Andre Agassi is no he's a tennis player who was big in the 90s early 2000s and I'm not in tennis okay. at all I'm not into tennis yeah but um he's got a book called Open and okay. obviously like tennis like the u.s open like they, they a lot mm-hmm. of the terms called open but in the book he he comes open and so it's like a double meaning really good and his book is fucking phenomenal from like a troubled yeah. childhood an abused childhood to like him he always hated tennis but he was so became so good at it and um like I'm not, i'm not i'm not gonna do this justice but he was like his life, like his career spanning like close to 20 years. And that never happens in, in tennis. It's a yeah. young person's game. And um, it's such a good inspiring, like hit you where you need to hit book And the way he yeah. tops it off at the end. That's um, yeah, fucking dope. Like if you get a good book that like, it's yeah. a re- that's the one thing about if it's a real person and you know, they actually lived it and um, mm-hmm. y- it hits you. And there's some things that's going to be relatable. Something's not, but it's still like really good. Um, So that's a book off the top of my head. Okay. (laughs) Um, What about uh, what's your favorite? What's your favorite food?
1: My favorite food? um, Probably Mexican food, like tacos. Oh, what about you? You know what, man? I'm not
0: big on tacos. I like, you know what? You want to hear something crazy that's been happening with me. So I am forever, like for a long time, a burger fries, like that's big. You know, like if you get a good burger, a real burger in Instagram, like, you know, I love all those dog videos and shit. And I'm always like reposting yeah. like, on my personal account. Yeah. Um, I because of the algorithm, Instagram like feeds me dog videos. Fine. That's good. It, it, like, brightens my day. It's good. And then every now and then it feeds me like interactions with a dog and cows and like, like they're like playing with cows and shit. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, they, they look adorable. Brittany, yes. I saw like a dog play, like a dog, <laughs> like a cow was creeping up on the dog. Like, 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 like to get the drop on this dog and surprise it. And the dog was like, Oh, what the fuck? And turned around the cow. And the cow like ran away and was playing. And I'm like, Fuck, it's, it's like a dog. And I'm like,
1: Oh, there goes burgers. Yeah, it is. I was like, shit.
0: And then, um, and then same thing with like, like, there's a couple of them like that. Like, so I can't. So now I'm not, I don't know how long this will last. I'm not eating cow. I'm not eating lamb. I'm like, I'm eating chickens because I heard they, they will like literally pluck each other's eyes out and they're like small dinosaurs like they will if they were six feet tall they would kill you so i'll eat it and if that's not the truth don't tell me otherwise because i need to be able to eat chicken so let (laughs) me believe this
1: let me believe this
0: in fish because i think fish are kind of dumb now i'm not talking dolphins but i mean like the little dumb fish
1: yeah you don't eat dolphin that's
0: like that got me <laughs> to the world championship. You say that you're like, you're like bad timing, but that's yeah, what got me here. Uh, <laughs> you want to be a champion,
1: you gotta do it. <laughs> you wanna
0: be a champion? You gotta eat a fucking dolphin. Imagine that. How bad do you how do you just one? Don't get greedy. One <laughs> one a month will do you. But you can go, it's gotta be their fucking heart because you take their uh, but anyways, but yeah, um yeah, man. So this is so now that changed everything on me. So now I'm like, I don't know, man. I guess like sushi is pretty damn good. I'm a fucking foodie though. I can smash yeah. food like it's nobody's business. I got to
1: watch out. You'll be king of a vegetarian.
0: <laughs> oh, hey, I'm going to lose a lot of followers if that happens. But, uh, but anyways, listen, thank you for coming on. We're getting close. I told you I'd get you out of here before nine. We are, yep. we are mad close because you, you, you got an early time. You, you check it's in at 9 o'clock. You yeah. shut it down, read a book. <laughs> relax i do it, it is, is. kind
1: of like my disconnect from everything wind down calm down <laughs>
0: do you do social media or do you like not bring your phone into the, into the bed with you at all either
1: no i do i'm terrible about Same. it but like I, I give myself like a certain amount of time and i'm like all right i'm putting it down but you just gotta wire that with your friends on the gram you know <laughs> Yeah, this is it <laughs> like my friend will always hang up she's like all right talk to you later see you on the gram <laughs> okay. i i
0: I'm, I'm noticing, like, I'm trying not to bring my phone, like before you go to sleep, if I got my phone, man, it's tempting. I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Or yeah. I'm like, can't go on social media. I'll read an article or read something, but right. I can't go on social media. Cause that is like, it's something about scrolling and keep going.
1: It's or, a rabbit or, hole, or talk. Like, to, All right, I'll put it down at eleven, and then it's eleven o five, and you're like, "Guess I'll put it down at eleven. You,
0: <laughs> or like you just talk to people, and you're like, "I can't," like I, I'm going to get in a conversation or something or whatever. Yeah. Someone sees you online, like, "Hey," you're like, "Ah," <laughs> you
1: know what? Yeah, I, I know.
0: you're like, "Oh shit," I'm trying to wind down <laughs> here. Gotta but, go. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It is what it is. Uh, but anyways, listen, thank you for your time. I, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, you are an excellent speaker. So I know you, this is the first podcast you've done. And um, I'm, I'm guessing people are going to hear this and probably ask you on podcasts and whatnot if this comes out. But you know, somebody told me one time when I was nervous as fuck, and I was like early on doing, doing a new podcast. One of my friends said, Trust yourself, because you can. You're good. You can talk. Yeah. Just trust yourself. You'll be all right. If I'm gonna give you any advice, Brittany, trust yourself. You're yeah. a good talker. <laughs> you you actually are Thank like you. <laughs> you're funny. You you're easy to talk to, and it's not hard. Um, there's sometimes I've had people on where it's difficult. They're shy, they're whatever, and you say okay. you're shy, but like you you talk easy. Like this was easy we crushed two hours I like
1: forgot about it and then at 5 30 I was like shit that's tonight I should cancel yeah see (laughs) that's the thing super nervous but I was literally talking about me I can talk about me I know me it's fine but I don't know fake it till you make it right
0: (laughs) that's it and sometimes it is a kind of like you've been doing just show up and see what happens you get nervous whatever the fuck um you know just show up see whatever the hell happens and uh (laughs) and And when you find out afterwards, like, man, that was was easy. I can talk. I am a good at conversation. Like you are (laughs) actually, you were good at conversation. Uh, So you should do more podcasts. Like it is easy. Yeah. So anyways, it on that note, I'll let you go. Good luck training. Um, Would love to have you back again, obviously. And uh, hopefully we see you at the world championships. Um, We got a little time till then. So we'll keep in touch in the DMs and uh, thanks for coming on. Sounds
1: good. Thanks, Ryan. See
0: you.